Hey, what is going on guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here. I tried the showdown slate, NBA, uh, this playing game with Memphis and Portland. Um, so we got a nice, we got some nice size tournaments on here on DraftKings, a $20 entry, 100k to first uh, tournament. Some also some other, uh, you know, higher dollar tournaments, decent size prize pools as well. So I figured, you know, we got a couple days uh, before the, I guess the actual playoff start. Why not, you know, get a, get a video out here for the showdown. So uh, if you guys are new to the channel, um, my name's DK. I make daily videos breaking down NBA, NFL, PGA, and esports, daily fantasy sports slates. Uh, before we get into the breakdown here, I just want to say again, thank you guys for all support. Currently right now at 4.16 thousand subscribers. So really, really do appreciate each and every one of you. Right now, again, the, the content's all free. Uh, my advice you know, on Twitter, that's all free. Um, you know, the easiest way to support me is just hit that like button, subscribe if you haven't already, and spread the word. If you have friends that like DFS and you enjoy the content, you're making money, uh, just spread the word. I really, really appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, with that out of the way, let's jump into the video. So uh, before we get into the breakdown here for the showdown slate, what we can do is we can look back and line up here from the final um, slate uh, of the regular season. Um, so I went with uh, Terrence Davis and Boucher. Uh, Terrence Davis was a guy I was pretty high on. I was... I guess I wasn't super surprised, but, uh, you know, he fouled out last couple games. I thought maybe people would box score wash and not, not get to him. He was 52% in the, was the $40 single entry. He was probably lower owned in the, um, in the smaller, uh, dollar, uh, tournaments. Uh, yeah, Tyler Hero and, um, and Kendrick Nunn are two guys I liked a good amount. Um, they can't hit the broad side of a barn right now. Uh, they were at one point, like one of 20 combined. Um, good thing is they're actually still in there. Um, I'm, you know, uh, I, I did make a change though. I had Brogdon in originally. I was doing everything, trying to find any sort of news. And if Brogdon's only going to play the first half or not, I didn't get any clarity. So I went off him and he actually is playing the second half. So I think Brogdon is probably going to be in the winning lineup. We'll see. So, um, yeah, those three I have right now, uh, currently I have Paul George, Kyle Quinn, Harden, Thibel, and Covington. Basically what I'm hoping for is, that the the Rockets play their normal guys and that Philly rests their guys. That's how I built my lineup. I think there is potential for really good value with those Philly guys. So, like guys like again, Kyle Quinn, Thibel, uh, Korkmaz, Alec Burks, guys like that. So, we'll see how it goes. It's a really ugly slate, but uh, that's a look back there. Um, all right, so, showdown slate. This is obviously a little bit different than the normal, normal slate breakdown. So, we got to consider everyone, or at least everyone that plays, right? So uh, I pulled up some box scores here for the last couple games here of both these teams. Um, you know, with both Memphis and Portland, we know where the production is coming from, right? It's Lillard, it's Nurkic, it's CJ from Portland, it's Ja, it's uh, Dylan Brooks, it's Jonas Valanciunas from Memphis. So let's go over the box scores here. Last game for Portland, they ran technically a nine-man rotation, but Anthony Simons played two minutes, so... Uh, don't think we, we see much of Simon, so I don't think we can really consider him. Hazonia played 11 minutes. Uh, he played, he was getting a little bit more run previously. He played 22 the last game. So his minutes are a little bit more up and down. But uh, if he gets that higher end, if he gets into the 20s, I think you could consider him as a value play in the showdown slate. Whiteside's a guy that's going to back up Nurkic. Uh, he probably will get around. 15 or so minutes. He played 15 there against the Nets. Played really well in limited time uh, and 19. Yeah, so about 15 to 20, I'd say, from Whiteside. His price is a little bit up, but what you're going to get out of him is he's a really good point-per-minute guy. So right. we'll go over that more in a sec. Gary Trent and uh, Carmelo Anthony are very similar plays to me. 
Right now, they're playing huge minutes. Like, Zach Collins' minutes are way down. I, I'm not considering him on this slate. Uh, but Melo and Trent, they're going to play 35 minutes. They basically just have to knock down their threes, right? Because T- Memphis, or, uh, yeah, Memphis will most likely double Lillard. So they're going to see a lot of open threes. Melo and Gary Trent, they got to knock down those threes. So simple as that. CJ, he's been a little bit, you know, hampered with the back injury, I guess, playing with a, a broken back. Uh, still played decent, had a really good first half that last game, not so much in the second half. Lillard, again, playing out of his mind, and then Yusuf Nurkic. Again, we'll get to the prices here in a bit, but I just wanted to kind of go over what, you know, guys are, are playing minutes-wise here. Um, Lillard, CJ are both going to play probably around 40 minutes. Nurkic, I think uh, we get about 30 to 35 uh, Mello and Gary Trent will get about 35, and then Zach Collins, 20 or so. Uh, Hazonia, a little bit more up in the air, you know, 10 to 20, I'd say. Uh, and then Whiteside, about 15 to 20. That's basically the rotation right now for uh, for Portland. If we go over to Memphis, they have a slightly bigger rotation. They ran, I believe, nine got nine-man rotation. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And we did get news that Tyus Jones doubtful, so don't expect him to be back into the rotation. Konchar, he's not going to be a part of the regular rotation. There are going to be nine guys. So, again, we know where the production's coming from, usage-wise, right? It's Ja, Dylan Brooks, uh, and Jonas Valanciunas. Tolliver's a guy that will probably get 15 to 20 minutes. I don't have interest in him on the slate. Basically, you got you got to take stance here. Uh, Ken Tolliver get me the, can get you there in 15 to 20 minutes, sure. He's got to knock down the threes, but... You can consider everyone. So I'm crossing off Tolliver. I mentioned I'm crossing off Zach Collins on the Portland side. Uh, Kyle Anderson and Brandon Clark are two very, very similar plays to me. Both should get around 25 to 30 minutes. Both are obviously not high-usage guys, but they're guys that can do it all, right? Can score the ball, assist, rebound. So I'm considering them for sure. Again, we'll get to the, the price breakdown in a sec. Grayson Allison come off the bench. He's been getting some decent run. Um, you know, I think he's in play, too, on the slate. I wouldn't completely cross off uh, um, Grayson Allen, who has been playing well. De'Anthony Melton also going to come off the bench. Uh, he's a guy that will, I guess, you know, Grayson Allen is probably a little bit more scoring-dependent, where Melton's the guy that's going to do a little bit more, right? Rebounds, assists, but he's also going to play less minutes. And then finally, Gorgie Jang. I actually think he's a really interesting value play on the slate. He's going to back up JV. He's probably it somewhere between 15 to 20-ish minutes. Um, so, yeah, let's do it. Let's get to the team-by-team team breakdown now on DraftKings. So, go utility spot. Again, if you guys aren't familiar with the showdown slate, you have to play one captain. It is 1.5 extra salary. So, if you throw in like a Lillard or a John Morant, the captain, then you're going to have less salary to work with. So, I'll go over some roster builds too and kind of what I'm thinking, what the chalk build will be maybe, and then what like some contrarian builds I think have upside as well. So, uh, let's start again with Memphis. John Morant is at 9.8K. Uh, he's going to be super popular. I mean, this game, both sides, there's going to be very little defense played. So I love Ja at 9-8. I think he looks like a really, really good point per dollar play on the slate. If you look at him compared to a guy like CJ McCollum at 8-8, I would just much rather have Ja Morant. Now with him and Nurkic, it's a little tougher call. I still think Ja is probably the optimal play over Nurkic. Um, So yeah, point per dollar, like uh, he looks really good at 9-8. Again, he's going to play 40 minutes. It is an amazing matchup. He went for a triple-double last game. Um, I mean, we just saw it, right? Portland plays absolutely no defense. So I really do like Ja here. I think he's going to be very popular, but, but a play that I'm, I'm just willing to eat the chalk in the showdown slate. 
Uh, Jonas Valanciunas is at 8-6. So I mentioned him. If he gets close to 35 minutes, he could crush. He got almost 35 minutes, and he went absolutely off. 73 fancy points. I wish he did that for me against OKC. He was on pace to do that when I played him at like 2% ownership. And then he picked up like three fouls, and then the game blew out. So, um, yeah. But, uh, you know, the minutes are still up. And like some of these games have been close, and he's only played like 25 or so minutes. Now, it's a must must win game, obviously. And we know that Portland runs big. So, JV, as long as he stays out of foul trouble, I think we get 30 to 35 minutes from him. Um, and he's, again, a really, really good point per minute guy. The issue with him is... He, you, he has been in some foul trouble recently. So that is a concern. Obviously, as he matched up against Nurkic, both centers will have the ball in their hands a decent amount. So there's definitely a chance that, that one or even both do get in foul trouble, which does worry me, right? That uh, that makes them riskier, in my opinion, where like a guy like John Morant or Lillard, I'm not really worried about their foul trouble and them missing minutes. Um, but I am worried about it with JV. So... Uh, it's the risk-reward factor for sure. I think Jaws definitely safer. But, you know, we just saw that type of upside from JV that last game. I wouldn't expect 73 again, but he is a guy that can have an enormous game if he plays those minutes and stays out of foul trouble. Dylan Brooks is at 6'6". Normally, he is a guy that I do not like playing because he's very scoring-dependent if you look at his stat lines. But, again, they have to win, obviously. He's going to play about 35 minutes. He's going to shoot the ball a ton. 18, 26, 15, and 18. I actually like Dylan Brooks a good amount here, at least on this showdown slate. I like him. Like I prefer him to guys like Melo and Gary Trent because just, you know, again, the, the Blazers have higher usage guys. They have CJ Lillard and Nurkic, whereas Memphis, you know, you could argue only has JV and Ja. And still, like, the, the Blazers obviously, you know, better, you know, players, Lillard, compared to Ja and, you know, arguably probably Nurkic to JV. So Dylan Brooks is going to have to do more offensively. That's why I prefer him to Mello and Gary Trent. Now, sure, all three are similar. They have to knock down their threes, but I, I just prefer Brooks right now to Mello and Gary Trent. So I actually do like him quite a bit there at 6'6", because he's going to shoot the ball a ton here. He's, you know, the number three in the offense, 18, 26, 15, and 18 shot attempts. Yeah, I think that looks pretty solid. Then we get to, uh, you know, kind of the tier two plays, right? So we already went over Brooks, Ja, and JV. Now we have Clark and Kyle Anderson. And these two are pretty similar. I think Brandon Clark is probably the guy that has more upside. And again, we know that Portland does run big. Uh, so I could see Clark playing maybe close to 30 in this one. Uh, he is a, a better point player and a guy, in my opinion, than Kyle Anderson. But Kyle Anderson will still play about, you know, 25 or so minutes. He's a guy that will kind of do it all slow-mo. Um, again, I, I think I like the upside a bit more on, on uh, Brandon Clark. So if you're going to make me pick between these Tier 2 guys, I would go Clark over Anderson. Then we get to Grayson Allen. So he's at 4'8". He's going to come off the bench. He's going to play close to 30 minutes, right? He's been getting a decent run. 25 to 30 minutes would be my best guess. Um, he's going to shoot the ball when he's out there. 8, 14, 14. Only six shot times at last game. But he is a guy that, you know, is in play because uh, he, if he's shooting well, like he could go for 30-plus for fancy points. So maybe not my favorite play for his price, but I think he's, he's certainly, I wouldn't cross him off, right? D'Anthony Melton at 4-2. Uh, the minutes are a little bit less on him compared to Grayson Allen. So if you're going to make me pick here, I would actually go Grayson Allen just because the minutes are a little bit higher than Melton. 
Uh, Tyus Jones, again, he's doubtful, so don't expect him to go, uh, which should kind of secure the Mets from Melton and Grayson Allen. And then finally, Gorgie Jang at 3-6. I actually kind of like him for value. The reason being, so let's just say, again, I mentioned that there's a chance JV gets in foul trouble. If JV gets in foul trouble, it's going to be Gorgie Jang that's the biggest beneficiary. So, you know, roster construction, you're making a lot of lineups. Definitely make a lineup without JV and with Gorgie Jang. Because if JV gets in foul trouble, it's Jang that's getting extended. And he's a pretty good point-per-minute guy. Maybe not as good as a guy like Whiteside on the other side, but if we get, like, 20 minutes out of Gorgie Jang, like, I think he's a pretty solid value play. And, again, it's it's all about, you know, how you think the slate pans out. you got to take play it out in your mind, right? So let's just say uh, in this one, I think JV gets in foul trouble. So I'm going to play Gorgie Jang. So, yeah, uh, I kind of like him for value. Obviously, if JV does get in foul trouble, he is the biggest beneficiary. They could run Clark at, at the five, but I would expect Jane gets, you know, most of that run if JV is in some foul trouble. Lastly, Tolliver, and he's a cross-off for me. I'm not going to do it. Can't consider everyone on this slate, so I'm not going to even consider him. Uh, I'm not going to consider Josh Jackson. He might pick up, like, a minute or two, but no reason to do it. He's going to Portland now, so... Lillard is priced up to 12K, but man, it is a scary fade. I mentioned it the last time, even at, a, what was he, 11, or he was 12K too then? Um, yeah, I mean, it is just, it's a super scary fade. He is just on fire. Uh, it's, you know, must-win situation here. I think you play him. Now, uh, again, if you want to get contrarian, Lillard is going to be really high-owned. Even at 12K, he's going to be super popular. He was like 96% owned in the late slate last time. So you're going to get 80-plus percent ownership on Lillard, in my opinion. Um, again, roster construction. If you're making multiple lineups, you can make a lineup fading Lillard. And when, again, in the games that Lillard struggle, um, no real surprise here, but it's Nurkic and CJ that have the big game. So, sure, for one lineup, I don't know if I would fade Lillard. I mean, you're a bold man if you're going to fade him. Uh, in just one lineup like me. Uh, but if you're making multiple laps, I think it makes sense to, to make a lineup without Lillard with Nurkic and CJ. Because when Lillard's struggling, it's clearly Nurkic and CJ that are having the good game. So um, Nurkic is at 10K. I think the price point makes him lower owned on the slate, right? Because let's just look at, at, at the, everyone on the slate now. So we have Lillard. We have John Morant. In my opinion, those two are going to be really popular. So that's going to eat up a good amount of ownership up top with John Lillard. Nurkic is right in between them. I think he just goes a little bit under the radar, at least on this slate. Uh, he's been up and down for sure, right? Um, he struggled in the first half against Brooklyn, actually had a good fourth quarter to salvage his day, one for 42 fancy points. The matchup against JV is great. JV's not a good defender. Again, I, I put my worry there, though, that he Nurkic has also been in some foul trouble, too. He's fouled out, five fouls, fouled out, and five fouls the last four games. So, you can make the, the same assumption like I did with Gorgie Jang and JV. If you think Nurkic gets in foul trouble, it's Whiteside that you want to play at 5-4. Um, because he would get extended a bit. I don't know if they would run. I don't think they would run Zach Collins at the 5. I don't. But I think it's Whiteside that's your clear beneficiary. So you could definitely make a lineup. Uh, you know, Kind of hope that Nurkic gets in foul trouble. If he does, against a big Memphis team, I could see Whiteside pushing for maybe over 20 minutes. So, And he's a really good point-per-minute guy. Yeah, back to Nurkic finally. He's like he's been up and down. Um, you know, with Lillard playing so well, he's kind of taken a back seat. But he can still have those games. I mean, look at the first three games of, of the restart: 50, 54, and fifty-four fancy points. So don't completely cross him off. I think he's just going to be contrarian on this slate. 
CJ at, at 88, I think goes a little bit lower owned as well, just because, again, Lillard and Ja, in my opinion, are up so much ownership. Um, yeah, I mean, the injury is going to scare people off. He still had a good day, almost went for 50 fancy points. Um, so, yeah, I have interest in CJ for sure. Uh, it's just, you know, what works with your roster construction. Do you want to, can you play both CJ and Lillard? Of course you can. Again, it's a showdown slate. Uh, you can definitely do that. So let's just say you go um, Lillard, CJ, and then Ja Morant on the other side. What does that leave you salarized? So it's 6.4K remaining. Plus you had to play someone in the captain spots 1.5X. So that would make it a little bit tricky, right? So I'll get to more of roster construction though at the end. Uh, back to Portland. Um, finally, uh, or let's go to now Siege, or, uh, Mello and Gary Trent Jr. Again, these two are very similar plays. Mello's a, a guy that will get some rebounds, though, whereas Gary Trent is strictly scoring dependent. Both have to hit their corner threes, though. And if Memphis doubles Lillard, which I think is possible, it's Mello than Gary Trent that have good upside. So, um, yeah, I think they're viable. Again, they just have to knock down their corner threes. They're both going to play 35-plus minutes. They're going to have open looks. They have to hit them. So they're certainly in play. For me, I'd probably give that slightly, though, to Dylan Brooks on the other side uh, at a similar price just because I think he has to do a little bit more for Memphis offensively, whereas Trent Mello kind of more stand in the corner, shoot threes, guys, even though you know, Brooks is a little bit you know, scoring dependent as well. And then again, Whiteside, I mentioned him. If you think Nurkic gets in foul trouble, Whiteside looks really good. Collins is a guy I'm staying away from at 4-6. The minutes are just trending down on him. 23-20 and 17. Not looking good. Uh, yeah, him, Tolliver, or cross-offs for me. Hazonia's at 2-8. Um, if you need a dart throw, I think he's in play. Now, sure, the minutes are up and down on him. 11, 25, 22, and 11. But he is a guy that... If he gets extended a bit, if he gets to 20 minutes, don't be surprised if he gets you like 20 fancy points. And then you would probably need him on the slate. So he's risky because the Mets are up and down. But uh, if he does get extended, he could be a guy, he could be like the best value on the slate at, at that price point. So let's now talk about roster construction, right? So in my opinion, I think you're gonna this is gonna be a very very popular start to the uh, to the showdown lineup. It's gonna be Lolo than the captain, John Morant and Dylan Brooks, right? So that leaves 5.2K remaining. Um, you know, from there, I, I think probably a, a popular approach will probably try to get one of those other top three guys in there too, and then just go with value. So uh, let's just say we throw JV in there too. That's 3.5 remaining. Then you would have to play, again, some cheap value, but I think that's going to be probably a popular approach, that build. Um now, playing low to the captain spot obviously handicaps you guys a bit because he's just such a high price. Now it's 18K. So let's just say we've, um, that's, again, I think that's like a popular, like a cash game build. But for GPPs, there are some interesting plays that I don't mind taking a shot on uh, in the captain spot. Now, sure, right, the spend-up guys, you can definitely go to John Morant. I think he, he makes for a really good uh, captain spot, too. CJ, Nurkic, and JV, maybe a little bit more contrarian to spend up, but they'll also get ownership in the captain spot. I think some interesting builds are maybe a guy like Dylan Brooks in the captain spot. He's uh, would only be 9-9. That's 8K remaining in your salary. So uh, if you go back to, to the slate, you can probably jam in, again, Lillard, John Morant. Again, I think those two are going to be really popular. Then you have 6.1K remaining. You can definitely get another one of these studs in there. So let's just say we throw like CJ in there. Uh, and then you still have, you know, you can still probably use one of the guys in the mid-range. So 
I kind of like that as a contrarian build. And the last one, last build I want to mention is, again, if you think JV or Nurkic get in foul trouble, because I think Jang and Whiteside have huge upside if one of those guys do. So I don't mind, again, going with either. This is a super, super risky build, but going with either Jang or Whiteside in the captain's pot, because those guys have upside, and if they get more minutes, right, if they get 20-plus minutes, they could crush so let's just say we throw a guy like Whiteside in there, and we're hoping that Nurkic gets in foul trouble. Now, obviously, you know, for, for roster construction, you're not going to want to play both Whiteside and Nurkic together. I think, I guess it's still possible, like, if Nurkic plays, like, 30 minutes and Whiteside plays, like, 18, and they, they can both get you. It's possible, but it's it's negative correlation for sure. So let's just say, again, we're assuming Nurkic gets in foul trouble, we play Whiteside in the captain spot. Well, now, obviously, I'm not going to consider Nurkic, but Lillard, John Morant, probably throw CJ and JV in there. Uh, no, you can't. You just can't because then it would be Hazonia. But if you go, you, you kind of see where I'm getting at, right? So that is a build with either of those backup centers. I actually don't hate that idea to get super, super contrarian. So I think that's really going to wrap it up, guys. Again, for popular builds in the captain spot, it's me, Lillard. It's me, John Morant for me. Um, for contrarian builds, I don't mind going Dylan Brooks in the captain spot. Sure, again, you can, there's other guys, right? You can definitely consider like Melo and Gary Trent and hope they hit their threes. Or the, the super, super contrarian uh, build, which I just went over, is one of those backup centers and hope that either JV or Nurkic get in foul trouble. So that's going to wrap it up, guys. I uh, hope you guys have a good day. Um, I believe it's if Memphis wins, then they play again on Sunday. If Portland wins, it's over, I think. So if Memphis wins, I'll have a video off the show on, on Sunday. Um, if not, I will have obviously a breakdown for, for the playoff slate on Monday. So thanks again, guys. Hope you guys have a good weekend and I will see you all later.